Hi, my name's Rhoda Dakar, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness Podcast. Hi there, folks, out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host, Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stateside Madness. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. Hey, Polly. It feels like we haven't spoken in hours. <laughs> How's everything going? Things are good. Yes, yeah, summer gets busy, but nonetheless, we are keeping on track. And we've got another episode of Stateside Madness for you today. Do we want to talk about what this episode's going to be, or should we do the communicator first? Oh, why don't we do the communicator? So first up in the communicator, we did get a response from Nick Woodgate, the Jojo Man Band himself about our mention of his new album. So he says, hi, Lori, just listening to the Stateside Madness podcast. Thank you so much for plugging my new album. The pronunciation is quite confusing. XA is actually pronounced X all. It's a term used in stocks and shares, which is something to do with ownership of your shares. So X all is how the album is pronounced. It's spelled letter X, letter A, and it is by the JoJo Man Band. So check it out streaming on Spotify. Thanks, Nick, for writing in. We love you, man. So also on the communicator, Polly. This is really exciting news. According to the website, listennotes.com, which tracks something like two and a half million podcasts worldwide. Stateside Madness Official is ranked within the top 10% of podcasts globally. How about that? Yeah, that's kind of nuts. So we always felt we were doing pretty good and this validates that. So yeah, super cool. Yeah, so thanks to everybody for listening and for ranking us in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. So Polly, what have we got going on today? So today, uh, what we're going to do is um, an idea I've been wanting to do for a while, you know, part of doing the Stateside Madness thing both the podcast and, you know, website, social media, a whole bit like that, is you're on the interwebs, you're out there, you're talking to people that share the interest of ska music, of madness, of all things like that. And inevitably, you come across uh, up-and-coming bands 
that are, uh, you maybe they're doing the ska thing, maybe they're just doing music proud in general. And we're going to talk to two of them today. One of those bands is going to be Ratas and Zello. Now they are based now in Brooklyn, New York, and they are a female, all Latinx punk band and do some fantastic work. And I've been following them for a little while. Also, Stop the Presses. We're going to be talking to Allie and Danny from that band. And they are carrying the ska banner pretty high. I think you're all going to like listening to both of those bands. And joining us from Ratas Anzillo, we have Zadi and Aomi. So thanks, ladies, for joining us. We appreciate it greatly. And I'm sure that everybody in the Madness fan community would be eager to hear a little bit about you. So let us start with that. And I suppose it goes back to 2014. And am I correct when the band started in earnest? Yes, we started in 2014. And so what was the start like? How did you determine or even decide that you were going to start a band? Well, the band was started when the drummer and I met. We remember we were drinking at a party and we were talking about how we always wanted to play music, but we felt very intimidated first because there was only men in our scenes and it's a little hard to play with men. They always try to tell you what to do and how to do things. And then we confessed to each other that we really wanted to try something and we decided to, to meet at the next week and we actually did it. It actually happened. And that's how we started. Then later we added uh, Majadi, which, which is my sister. And so uh, initially you were uh, a three-piece, is that correct? Yes, we didn't have a bass player till like maybe the fourth, fifth song. Yeah, but we couldn't find somebody that we liked, though, that was willing to play with us, and eventually we found it. And, and so uh, at that point, was it Natalie that had joined? No, our very unofficial bass player was Janira. Uh, we love Janira. She helped us... Uh, uh, create the first lines of bass. Then our first official bass player was uh, Kate. Unfortunately, she had to move uh, to where she lived in Philadelphia, Philly. Uh, and then we have for a few months um, Elena, and then very few months. And then finally, we got Natalie, and we really love Natalie. We want to keep Natalie forever. We connect very well. She, she's such a little rat. <laughs> and so at that at that point, the lineup stayed uh, in, intact from then on. The way it is now, yeah. So uh, folks listening will notice as well, you don't have that standard New York accent. So explain a little bit of your background and a little bit of, um, you know, the uniqueness of the band. Yeah, Jadi is my sister, like the singer. I am the accordion player. And we are from El Salvador. Then Maria, our drummer, is from Peru. And Natalie on the bass, it's from New Jersey. So what is it, do you think, about the immigrant experience that connects with punk music? Well, in my perspective, it's what everybody brings to the table from their culture. You know, we, how can I say, we started like liking punk, being part of the culture back in El Salvador when we were like 13. So then when you come here to New York where everybody comes from a different country, they all bring their own flavor. And here, when it becomes this fusion of, of these punk bands where they 
sound different. And this is what makes New York, New York, like the mixture of flavors of sounds. I think also from the perspective of like um, being an immigrant in this country, sometimes can be controversial, especially being a female immigrant. We talk about what we go through as, you know, as people that have an accent that we weren't born here. A lot of us don't have papers or didn't have papers. So it becomes part of our identity, you know. But I think it's experience. I don't know if I'm referring right to the question, but I think we experience it with more mixture of um, of the sound of what we go through um, as immigrants in this country. We all suffer different things or are a benefit of different things. Yes, and it definitely does show in your music. Um, for those folks who aren't familiar, although we'll be listening to a few cuts from uh, your first album, um, you know, you, you've broken away from that traditional punk format of drums, bass, guitar. And so you've skipped guitar, substituted in accordion, and don't anybody despair. When you listen to the tracks, listen to the album, it plays quite well. It's really rather unique. And um, I don't miss guitars a minute. Um, it's a really <laughs> fantastic job you've done with that. Thank you. know has kind of a, a do-it-yourself ethic right the idea that we're going to create this music and we're going to build it ourselves and we don't need you know the traditional structure does that kind of relate a little bit to the experience that you've you've had trying to build lives for yourselves you mean the lyrics i'm sorry the question uh, the, the, the music in general guess the lyrics but also you know the, the the music and everything that you're drawing on your experiences but i mean i'm, I'm seeing a parallel between 
you having to do a lot for yourselves, you know, coming over to this country and kind of building a life kind of similar to how punk is a very do it yourself kind of movement? Well, at least it, I, I write um, the lyrics um, and what I bring, or at least we like to bring to the table because, because we all agree on, on what we sing for. It's uh, empowerment because yes, we all know what's wrong with the world. We all know uh, what we immigrants go through or, or like racism. And we all know what's wrong with the world. So just singing about what's wrong with the world, like a lot of uh, songs that I like actually, doesn't make you feel any better about the problem. So we, I think of the focus on our music, it's empowerment to know that we have a decision. We have, we can think for ourselves. We can do things different. We actually, we, people has a lot more power than the government. Is that something that we're not taught? So uh, I think our main focus is, is fun, empowerment, thinking of the problem more from the solution perspective and from the, I got the power perspective more than, oh, we're victims and this system sucks. Uh, well, so back to songwriting then, who are some of the bands that influenced you folks? I feel, I feel like we all have different influences. Maybe uh, my sister and I, we have probably the most because we grew up together and we're like one year apart. And even though we have different um influences i still can couldn't pin myself to any bands like i wish that i sound like bands from spain from the 90s which is what it got me back in el salvador but i i can't hear it whenever i hear myself and when i hear these bands that i love but yeah maria likes the ramones a lot she always says like i play ramones and the drums that's that's what she always says and everybody has different different uh, influences yeah, that's a, that, that's a fair reference, and definitely she's got a bit of a, a bit of Marky Ramon going on there with the drumming style. Yeah, she loves the Ramones. Well, who doesn't really? No, sometimes I guess the only song that I can hear, like a little reference of '90s bands that we like, is maybe in Despertar, which sounds very oi. That's the only song that I can think of. Oh man, I remember oi. <laughs> that's my teens right there. Let's play a little bit of that song right now. So it's called Despertar. It's very 90s Spain inspired. <laughs>
like being an all-female band in 2022? It's awesome. It's awesome. And especially, like, as a female, I feel like I can just be myself. I can talk about whatever. I can be emotional if I have to. It's awesome. And also, you know, women are very um, proactive. We all take a role. We all organize a marriage. And you do the social media. And you do, like, the, the people who's contacting contacting us for shows or whatever and you know we we are very productive when it comes to what it is in front of other people we get a lot of um a lot of men men on the internet just pushing our buttons just saying like oh guys you guys should do this you guys should uh, be more uh, feminine uh you guys should just put a guitar you sound like or like you know we get a lot of men and I, I'm sorry, but it is men that we really don't get female or women telling us uh, what to do or how bad we sound or how we should do it better. It's really a lot of men. And we never see men telling uh, all men then, oh, you guys should do this. That song doesn't sound right. Like, we don't see that. Like, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen uh, male bands complaining about other men just telling them what to do and harassing them. So it has a lot of well, a lot to, to say in this answer. It's, I think it's awesome. I love it, especially in these times that it's so liberating and more um, women's rights and shit like that. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse. You can. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, you got the other kind of men that they're just angry at women doing this, that is working out for them, and they're just angry, you know? Like, the things that they tell, it just sounds like they're trying to make us upset so hard. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Well, fuck the haters. I, I got to add something. I feel like right now is the be- one of the best times to be who we are because finally brown voices, immigrant voices, Latinx voices are being uplifted and finally it's, it's, they're having a, the spotlight. And, and I feel like a lot of the times women will do what it is it's safe because to change the rules, and I think that's why we attract so much hate most of the times, to change the rules from an accordion to a guitar, that's what attracts for us the most people telling us what to do or the most, sometimes people making fun of us, really. Not because on top of that, we are breaking that very sacred rule. But it's one of the best times, honestly, to be to be who we are. Well, I love what you're doing. Just keep doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah, really good to hear. And, and unfortunately, I hear you've been You've been touched by the, um, what is it, the, the, the please smile more uh, oh. sort of ribbing that people <laughs> give. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, our, our friend Rhoda Dakar had the same complaint, and it seems to be something that's circulating around. And just how contrite and weird can somebody be to say something so stupid like that? And our audience can't see because this is an audio podcast, but I just flipped the double bird when I heard that because it's not just in music. We women hear that in a lot of fields and it's like, you wouldn't dare say that to a guy. You wouldn't dare. Right. Right. Yeah. They go like, Oh, you guys should, uh, why don't you shave? Um, and I remember this one. Um, are you, are you, this is funny. Are you all lesbian? Which one is the lesbian? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because we all women, like they always, I think it's, I also think it's to push our buttons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how dare you put, put you in your place, right? How, how dare you be empowered and, and, and take center stage and take control like that. That's, that's what it boils down to. Right. Yeah. 
so what is band life like? Um, does the band support you um, entirely? Do you folks have day jobs? Um, is the band, do you think, uh, ascendant at this point? Well, well, I guess I let it on me answer her part, but I will answer mine. Well, I have, I do screen printing. That's one of the things that I do. And that's how we do all our awesome merch. And I also, I am a creator. You know, I do Patreon, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram is paying now. <laughs> so um, I also, you know, I do comedy, comics. I'm doing a lot of things. And yes, Ratas, like the band, makes money, let's say for practices, for tours. So we don't have to get out of pocket it. We have to buy something that we need or, or to pay hotel Airbnb. And sometimes we have gotten paid, but it's not something that is supporting us. Maria is not here, but she's a teacher as well. She's a teacher of a little kid that she loves. And Natalie has her pizza business. You know, she's delicious pizza, trays pizza. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I do. I'm a full-time content creator and I love that Ratas, I can focus creatively and I don't have to think about it because once your passion becomes your job and, and I'm not complaining because I love what I do, but you start to seeing it completely different than whenever you're just having fun with something. So I love that Ratas doesn't take money from me. It, it, it's self-sufficient. And I love too that I don't need, to, I don't have that need to make money with it, but I love it. Yes, and you do it well. And um... So the magic of the interwebs uh, algorithms is how I heard about you in the first place. That was through dance culture. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably the, the first person that started to talk about ska from the point of dance and from the historic point of view. So I love it. Just from, from the point of view of dancing, I just uh, realized that whenever I arrived here, and I saw all my good boys, my skinhead friends dancing. And then I saw the Jamaicans dancing in sound systems. I was like, why are they dancing different? Like, who are we trying to imitate and why we're doing this and they're doing something completely different? Like, I started to get, a, a, started to get really curious. Um, one video on YouTube brought me to this gentleman called Mr. Sparrow Martin, who is the band member, the band leader for the Alpha Boys, at some point he was. And I had to credit him because he was the one that untangled my brain with information. He explained to me that Jamaica actually has the downtown style of dancing ska and then the uptown. The uptown being the part that they taught to white people in that documentary, DC ska, where they show you specifically what to do with the moves. And the downtown part was how the old school Jamaicans here, at least that I see in New York dance, which is a lot closer to jazz and swing and not so much with the arms, not so go-go. So I, I, I just thought it was so interesting and nobody was talking about this and how this is gonna get lost like eventually if nobody talks about it. But I always credit the person that I learned from and I also pay the person for, for his time. What are your aspirations for the band? Where do you wanna take this in the future? I think we wanna take it as far as she will take us because honestly, we haven't tried to make anything happen. The things that have happened to us, it's been pretty amazing, pretty to us, unbelievable because we never even thought that we could play with the bands that we play with or be uh, go to different states and have everything be paid for us. So stuff like that, it's very nice. But we definitely wanna have record, I would say at least four, five albums. We want to make it until we're like 
50s, 60s, because we actually want to change our name. Maybe we, we were like 50, 55 to uh, menopausic rats. It's actually a thing that we want to do. So um, imagine how awesome to see like these 50 year old ladies just rocking and, and making punk and music. It's very inspiring. So I, I see that happening. And whatever else wants to come, we, we definitely want to play with a lot of bands that we admire. And at least that's what I see. Yo! Soy de aquí y soy de allá. Del polo norte y polo sur. Vi a la tierra, mío el
both, um, let me see, you've done a, a small tour in Texas recently. So what do you think is your proudest moment as a band? We might all have a different one. I think I met personally, if I had to pick one, but it's really hard to pick one, but if I had to pick one, I would say our album, that we actually recorded an album, and although it was not like the best sounding or our, in our best skills or whatever situation, but we didn't, it's, it's just there. It's, we, we, you know, we made it happen and um, it's in all major platforms. And I think that's an also a good step. So I think my proudest moment is that we actually recorded an album. I was thinking about what that when Yadi was answering, and I feel like I will choose Texas because it was mind-blowing and life-changing just because we did everything through social media. We were able to reach people all over through social media. And, but then I thought like, no, but I was so unprepared for it. I was really, really, really unprepared. That experience shook me off. But even with the shook up, I will say probably Texas because we never played four days in a row with such an amazing band that was so inspiring by the way, Piñata Protest, shout out. And that's why I believe in like, representation to see another accordion player doing incredible things with an accordion and as a musician was it blew my mind after that we were not the same none of us and I definitely was really proud of what we did with the limited resources that we had like it was when when we when they opened the doors from the shows people will line up to get merch from us people we never saw ever in our lives with ears yeah, people with ears, with rata ears. It was so, it was mind-blowing. It was incredible. <laughs> I'm still high every time I talk about it. Well, fair enough. Anything you really felt that uh, you really wanted to get out there? Any, anything at all? Just let it roll. We have a new album um, called Desberge, which means like chaos, pogo, party, you know, Desberge, like this mother kind of thing. And we are literally three songs away to finish it. We're working on the last one of before the three. And uh, I think we're gonna do like a, like a um, visual release first. Probably a band can write on it. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Band camp is for the physical things and some of the digital, but then it's gonna be available in all of the free platforms, all of them. Yeah, all platforms. And then we're gonna do a physical super party. We can't wait for that amazing. Ratas. In Zello is uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. So make sure that you follow them on social media. We're also on TikTok. Oh, and TikTok. I always forget TikTok. I'm old. We, we old people don't do TikTok. <laughs> I would like to say something. Any band who is listening right now, if you if you're, don't have a TikTok, you're sleeping on a new opportunity to reach new young people. And it's incredible. Get over the cringiness and... Is going to give you really good results. Thank you so much, Jadi and Iomi, for being with us today. Thank you, Lowry and Polly. And, and keep doing what you're doing. You know, girl power, definitely. Thank you so much, Lowry and, and Polly. Thank you. Yes, thank you.
so that was really a great interview. Thank you so much to the gals from Rata Sinzello for joining us. That was a lot of fun, wouldn't you say, Bowie? Uh, that it was. I'm really enjoying their music, too. I'd never heard it before, but uh, it reminds me a lot of like Oingo Boingo type stuff, you know, but with a more modern kind of punk edge. So that's really cool. Who do we have in our studio next, Polly? So next, we're going to be talking to Danny and Allie, and they are from the band Stop the Presses. And we had a lovely time talking to them, and we do think you're going to enjoy them, too. All right, Stateside Madness, joining us today, we've got Allie and we've got Danny, and they are from the band Stop the Presses. And those of you following the American Ska scene, you may very well have come across these folks at some point. So welcome to Allie and Danny. Hello. hello 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 yeah so uh thank you for joining us um it's great to uh in the past few months follow what you folks are doing um but rather than hear it from me why don't we just go back to the beginning tell us how and when uh did either stop the presses start or just your involvement in music how far back do we want to go danny <laughs> i mean both danny and i grew up you know, kids playing music and then music lessons and stuff like that. So I'll just start from like when we met. <laughs> Let's flash forward to um, what year? 2009, when I joined Danny's punk ska surf band in Miami, Florida. And then we were in that band for a couple of years and it, it you know, it blew up like most first projects do. <laughs> and then we decided to start Stop the Presses in 2010. So we've been a band for a minute and um, yeah, we started in Miami, Florida. We moved to Brooklyn, New York about seven years ago. And so uh, when we moved here, we started a new lineup and we put out a new album. We, we reformed the band and um, we've been kicking it here in the Northeast. We just, we love it. We're, you know, we're doing some good things. We've got a great team, you know, a good band and uh, been real exciting. Yeah. So what is it about ska that resonates with you? And does it click with your generation? It must. Um, <laughs> okay. It, it would, I know, like it, it was in the water, definitely. Uh, when we were, when we were growing up. We were My, it. <laughs> yeah, like Ellie and I both went to music school in one way or another, uh, even before college. Uh, and I was a kid in marching band in the early 2000s, you know, which is like really how most, of the people my age got into it and I worked my way backwards. I tell people a lot, um, this is like not not news, but I'm Cuban. And it was like really weird for me to go through like, you know, real big fish at that time and aquabats into like op ivy into, you know, specials and madness into, you know, toots into Prince Buster and into Scatolites and then realize that like half of the Scatolites were like half Cuban and all this stuff. And it was just like a weird way for me to come home uh, to to roots in one way or another, you know, and like now it's just evolved. I like ska is kind of the edge of a vast ocean. You can just dive in wherever you want. And there's so much to do with all of it i've spent years exploring it i mean it's kind of like jazz like there's just so many mm -hmm. corners that you can explore that 
you know turn up gold all the time all just weird stuff and like ska i mean like even the overarching of like because like now i i say ska because of traditional ska being the grandfather of reggae it just branches off and you get into like uh dub and and rocksteady and lovers rock and and mm -hmm. and steppers and then you know into like even the the casio years and the sly and robbie stuff and getting into dance hall like there's just so many places to go with it and that's still not even talking about the traditional jazz orchestras of like latin you know caribbean Af afro-caribbean you know rhythms with with like you know jazz instruments there's just so many places to go with all of it and i'm still not even talking about third wave um we're not like, <laughs> like right so would it be safe to say that it really kind of helped you connect with your latino cuban heritage or not on purpose like that was like kind of the latest discovery for me and I, I don't mean like latest like recently I mean like after getting through all of these different steps it was like damn I you know I've like tried all of this because Miami is like a different place it's like it's almost a different country and like I don't know like back then I was like trying to get away from my Latinness or whatever I just wanted to be an MTV kid uh and uh like i said it was like almost like not on purpose that I was like oh shit look at this like look at where i ended up okay how about you ali yeah i feel like you know 90s 2000s kid it was you know they were feeding it to our generation third wave was really really big um bands like no doubt real big fish save ferris um mighty mighty boston's i was you know like i went and saw them every single year at warp tour so yeah, so anyway, I feel like, you know, Warp Tour, I, I, I grew up in South Florida, as like West Palm Beach. Uh, Mustard Plug is like one of the first ska shows that I went to, 13 years old and like underage, uh, snug into a bar to see them on Clematis Street. And yeah, like, I feel like it was kind of fed to our generation. I always loved it a lot. Um, I went to art school. I was like a classical pianist, but I was in like jazz band and I played in my friends' bands and you know, and I, I just like, I always loved ska a lot. Uh, when I moved to Miami, it was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I probably listened to more like Catch-22, like punk ska. I was like really into, you know, uh, that, that, uh, that type of stuff. And I think upon meeting Danny, you know, I was very young and I, and I met him and I joined his band and he was like, this is the Slackers. I think that like, that really changed things for me, Toots and the Maytals. It was like that that really changed uh this the direction that I wanted to to write, you know, and and definitely worked my way backwards also through Rocksteady, learning a lot about uh keyboard sounds, you know, because I was a keyboard player, but I'm a classical player, like I'm classically trained. That's what I knew how to play the best. So when I met him and I, they were looking for a singer and I was like, I play keys too. You know, I, I write a couple songs, little reggae numbers, whatever, you know, you're South Florida. Like it, you hear reggae everywhere. You, you do like, it is Island lifestyle. And I was very much like, you know, at the beach all the time, you know, listening to, you know, uh, sublime. And you got to bring that up too. So yeah, I feel like, it was always within me. I always loved that style of music, just loving, um, you know, the, just the, the whole vibe. And, um, and then upon being in the band, I, the way that I think about music and the way that I play, the kind of player I am, I'm like, all right, uh, 
you know, this writing partner is really into this style. Let me learn everything I know about it so I can be like an encyclopedia and I can know exactly what to play. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the classical training in me. I'm not going to lie. That's like, I do my homework. And so throughout the years, learning more about music and, 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 you know, going, like he said, going backwards, going into roots, also learning about Cuban music and salsa, you know, like being in Miami and having to play all these different cumbia and like all these different uh, rhythms and everything. It, you just really do gain so much knowledge. It helps you so much more to have a love of the genre. And, you know, ska is a niche genre that we have to keep alive you know, and uh, throughout our generation, I think, yeah, I, and I, th I think our generation does connect with it in some way.
you just mentioned uh, ska being a niche genre. Uh, you also mentioned your being, you know, uh, the, the timing of your youth coinciding with third wave. Do you think there's a vibrant enough ska scene that, you know, someday soon we might declare a fourth wave? <laughs> oh, I will not go on record with that with that <laughs> subject. Like that one, that's such a scary question to answer. I thought it was new tone. Isn't that what we're calling it now? New tone. I like that. I like new tone instead of fourth wave. I like new tone because new tone um, encompasses all, which means that you are gonna have you know ska punk and rock steady and all in all of it because. Uh, I feel like our generation right now, the bands, our friends bands who we love and, you know, admire and, you know, I guess our contemporaries in a way, we're all influenced by so many things. It really is a new talent. So I can go on the record saying that. I think I feel confident enough uh, laying that down. We'll see how I feel. Sure, fair enough. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And, and, and Danny's wise uh, not to uh not to not to travel in that alley clearly clearly the braver of the two so what what's been life for you uh you know or uh, although you've been at this for some time um you know uh and without getting too personal you know does it does it cover the bills do you work day jobs is it a, a, an occasional thing are you able to really book solid what's the deal oh man it's hard danny and i both are musicians here in you know new york city uh, we do a million different jobs. I have so many jobs. Danny too, freelance, you know, like that's why we moved up here was because we wanted to be serious and do music. And that's what we wanted our lives to be. Look, it's a hustle, but I think everybody's hustling right now. The world is a different place than it was even 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, no, like playing in my passion project releasing records and going on tour does not pay the bills. I do a million different things around that uh, to pay the bills. I will say that, yeah, part of living up here is that every cent in my bank account now for the first time in my life is derived from something musical. Uh, I That would not have been possible us staying in South Florida. We'd have office jobs or some other garbage like that that would make us only be able to tour a couple of weeks uh, a year and realistically like what we consider to be like medium level bands now uh all live in that reality they can tour the couple of weeks out of the year that they can because you know the shows are there and it's not to like say anything about it other than i wish the show's were just either closer together or like bigger in a way that that they were more like sustainable for us. I don't know what to attribute that to, you know, there's a million different things about social media or or uh, anachronistic like movement of of like just music in general. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like I said, there's, there's a million different things to speculate about it or whatever. We are a little genre. We are like a sub thing of a sub thing, at least on like the main stage of the world like thank god that there is like rock to punk to ska you know or like you know reggae to ska you know like subsets down to us but yeah you gotta you gotta go looking you gotta go digging so um i would love that to be the case uh but we are kind of in that like the scariest time for a band is that hungry for more shows um hungry to go out and show it to y'all that we can do it uh 
but not being able to cross that tipping point of we can leave this behind to go do that.
so then that leads to the next question. What are your aspirations for the band? We're living it. We're doing it. You know, these aspirations. We're on the, we're riding the wave. Uh, that's what I tell myself. That's what I tell myself at night so that I can rest easy. You know what I mean? Because um, we're putting, we're about to put out music. We're doing good shows. The shows are getting better. You know, we, we have um, a fan uh, following of people and community that we absolutely adore um that support us a lot and honestly it's really humbling you know we lost our van on tour in march we did our south by southwest tour and halfway through we lost our bus um and our fans uh we started to go fund me and within 24 hours we had um you know 10 grand oh wow yeah, we had the first five See, grand in in we five had the first five grand in twenty four hours, and then we got yeah the ten grand within um like days ish. Yeah, and that was that was weird. And that's what I mean. That is like, I think if you, as a musician in this industry, also because it does ebb and flow, it's not a consistent you know path, and it's really hard to say like yeah, I want to play MSG one day. You know what I mean? You know you you can even get that and then the next year it's gone from you you know and a lot of our mentors that we talk to um those are cautionary tales obviously yeah we we want the most for for our music we want we want to you know sell records and make people dance and have a good time um but we also you know want to be who we are and put out music that we like and love and also uh tour and 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 do that now and also be like be thankful like i said for the fan following that we have at the moment you know and and i understand that's important to kind of keep that authenticity to yourself absolutely so you mentioned madison square garden msg so what's the plan five years at madison square garden or what's the what's the plan there <laughs> when the ska takeover big ska show out there you know uh, well, as we are fans of uh, sort of name dropping a little bit here, uh, you know, what are your inspirations? And, and there is one right answer somewhere in there. But yeah, so who are the bands that influenced you? Well, you got a Slackers poster right behind you. So, I mean, that's obviously one, right? The Slackers, there's the Beatles behind us as well. Right. Yeah, those are the, like, we share some really big ones that are like super important. Like we both really like, uh pink floyd and the beatles and the slackers and toots and the maples but we also like really, really like new wave too we've like connected i was just telling yeah. someone the other day we connected a lot on like the cars when we met and um like elvis costello and the attractions so right. like you know but it, it gets even weirder than that because like we both really love like raging as a machine or like you know like uh, <laughs> like you know the, the the stuff that we grew up with less than jake yeah yeah that's a we like we lesson. both love 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 lesson jake it all it's just a big old mess of us constantly listening to stuff yeah yeah the specials we said that madness we have to say madness i like it's kind of like of the stuff that we both listen to we like the same stuff about it mm. It was like we like the same melodies or we like the same like lead parts or we like the same harmonies between these two things or whatever, or like the elements of songs were very that we liked were very complementary to us then writing together. And that's, I guess, like the common theme between between all of the stuff that we liked. Boingo, boingo. 
Yeah. Danny Elfman. Weird shit. We yeah. love Danny Elfman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Now you would you and I, we could talk for like hours about Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I am obsessed with Oingo Boingo. I absolutely ever since I first heard them in high school. Yes, I've absolutely been in love with them. So well, we have a cover, Dead Men's Party from Money in the Bank that you should hear because you will really like it.
Uh, Lori, I'm going to go off script again with another question, because I was just thinking when you were talking about your time in Miami. So, so many of, um, you know, the Jamaican musicians that, uh, you know, were the original ska were, and, and reggae, I suppose, too, were expatriated to, um, you know, Miami somehow, some way. There's awful lot of them uh, wound up there. So I believe Dandy was there at one point. Uh, of course, Prince Buster and Pluto Shervington. Did you ever have, uh, you know, did any of those guys play around there regularly? Did you ever have a chance to see any of them? Mm, not really. Um, there was a really good record store called Blue Note in North Miami that had like some of that really good stuff that was harder to find other places that was there kind of because of back catalog stuff that was kept um, there. But like, no, Miami's like underground music scene was really really cool but it was never very much island uh reggae it was much more like the punk metal and then indie and like weird stuff uh and noise and like some other fun definitely stuff. the island reggae scene here in new york is insane yeah it's really all about new york there. oh just incredible players that come in and sit in with some of our friends who are very talented musicians like the, you know the Watts band and all these other incredible acts yeah. um the, you know there's like a local bar that that was doing these uh monthlies that would just have these musicians come and sit in that just uh beautiful reggae ska you know hits just so good yeah i think it's here so you are coming to chicago in november huh slugfest at uh reggie's we are we've got a lot of stuff lined up for the fall actually really excited about it okay tell us more so yes we're playing at slack fest at reggie's saturday november 12th great bands uh that whole weekend that we're really thrilled to see the abruptors also another new york band that's on the same night with us and then you, you know mr kingpin and the u.s operators are on friday night oh the crombies as well and trying not to forget everybody uh sorry if i did and then we also have, um, you know, a show in October, the Froggy Hoppy Halloween Ball. That's going to be really fun. That's with Mephistopheles and Hub City Stompers as a compository. We have some other things that are lined up that we're, you know, we're working on right now to bring in for the spring. And we have our new record that's coming out with Jump Up Records and September 29th. So it's it's around the corner, you know. Actually, this is this is the first place we have said that number out loud. So there's your hard skanking news. Yeah. Right <laughs> September, September 29th. New record, and it's entitled Got It. Stateside Madness exclusive. You heard it here first, everybody. Um, where can our listeners find your music, incidentally? Spotify, Apple Music. YouTube Music. YouTube Music. We're on Deezer, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube. I said YouTube. Um, like anywhere that CD Baby throws music, we are there. Find wow. us. Yeah. Wow, no. Okay, so look for Stop the Presses on all of these great music sites. Yeah, definitely. Check us out on Instagram at Stop the Presses Music, Twitter Stop Presses, TikTok Stop the Presses. Um, you'll, you'll see us on there listen to music or wherever you just want to like catch up on the news that we um we, you know we try to put out cool stuff all the time cool content that uh and uh flyers and shows that we're just announcing you know that are coming through so ali and i just started our own podcast about um sci science fiction uh movies uh 
it's like science fiction fantasy adventure and superhero movies where we discuss uh everything with this weird rating scale that we came up with uh because we're both big movie people on top of being big music people and we love it it's a really fun thing called super science adventure cast all right and so that listeners brings us just about to the end again we want to thank Allie and danny goodbye goodbye everybody thank you all right, so that was our second interview with Danny and Allie from Stop the Presses, another great New York band. I'm noticing that both of our bands today were from New York. I don't know that that was intentional. Yeah, not at all. It just more or less happened that way. I don't know that they really even crossed paths, although they're both living in Brooklyn, New York, so you never know. It's a big place. Coming up in a couple of weeks, our next episode, we are planning to do an episode deep dive on the Suggs solo album, Three Pyramids Club. So that'll be fun. It's been a while since we've done an album deep dive. I'm looking forward to that one. How about you, Polly? Uh, yeah, so Three Pyramids Club. Uh, love it or hate it. It's a bit controversial. As uh, you might say, any solo project is. We'll get right into that, talk about all the tracks and just a little bit about uh, Suggs at that point. So, yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about it. So, Polly, I understand that Stop the Presses has a new single out. And uh, is that going to be our closing song today? So we're going to finish with a new song from Stop the Presses. It's called Ride or Die. So that's going to be our closing number. We do hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. So it's a goodbye for me. And that's a goodbye for me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness. Another